0: Welcome to the Bards FM Podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to You Don't Bring Peace with Civil War. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students, they become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots, and it's Tuesday, February 14th, in the year 2023. Happy Valentine's Day to everybody out there, if that's something you follow. It's also the day today, which is the Battle of Kettle Creek, where we had the routing of a bunch of British loyalists by a loyal band of patriots down in Georgia. So that's kind of my type of day. Like, kick them, make them move. That's good. Patriots, before we begin, make sure that you have a good plan in place for your family. That constitutes a lot of different things. One of those things that's important is to make sure that you are well-skilled and keep your skills sharp with all of your self-defense. There is no crazier time than we're in right now with these ridiculous ideas of violence cropping up in all sorts of places. If there was ever a story that best encapsulated how bad crime has become, it's the one about Starbucks providing baristas with active shooter training because our cities aren't safe anymore. And while the Supreme Court has made it easier for you to conceal carry for protection, it's your responsibility to be properly trained. That's why I endorse iTarget Pro. This system allows you to dry fire practice with your actual firearm anytime in the safety and privacy of your own home. No more inconvenient trips to the range and you will save a ton on practice ammo. Just download iTarget's proprietary app, load the laser bullet into your firearm and start your training experience. Improve muscle memory, reaction speed, sight alignment, trigger control and much more. iTarget Pro comes in all the major calibers including .223 so you can stay sharp with almost any firearm. Save 10% plus free shipping with the offer code Bards, B-A-R-D-S, when you go to itargetpro.com right now. This is the smartest investment in your ability to safely and effectively handle your firearm. Plus, it will pay for itself in one day. That's the letter I, targetpro.com, itargetpro.com. Offer code is Bards, B-A-R-D-S. This is something you want to have. Well, Patriots, like I said, just a quick recap of our historical moment today. The Battle of Kettle Creek was the first major victory for Patriots in the backcountry of Georgia during the American Revolutionary War that took place on February 14th, 1779. It was fought in Wilkes County, about 8 miles or 13 kilometers from present-day Washington, Georgia. A militia force of Patriots decisively defeated and scattered a Loyalist militia force It was on its way to British-controlled Augusta. The victory demonstrated the inability of British forces to hold the interior of the state or to protect even sizable numbers of Loyalist recruits outside their immediate area. The British, who had already decided to abandon Augusta, recovered some prestige a few weeks later, surprising the Patriot Force in the Battle of Bear Creek. Georgia's backcountry would not come fully under British control until after The 1780 Seas of Charleston broke out patriot forces in the south. So this is just one of those recognitions of small bands of people doing the right thing. There was a a patriot force of 340 to 420 militia against a 600 to 700 militia force of the Loyalists. The Patriots killed 40 to 70. They captured or wounded 75 the Patriots lost seven to nine, and 14 to 23 or so were wounded or missing in action. Just a nice little memory of the type of sacrifices that were made for this nation by just common people. These were people that had all come to the call of their nation in various forms. Now, we've, we have had a lot of strange things in the news, and obviously, we're right now, we're enduring this failed Operation Bluebeam trying to get convince everybody that space aliens are coming on board. It's sounding more and more like they're even shooting down our own secret drones just to try to make things sound crazy, which wouldn't surprise me at all. But if you want to top weird, and I mean this is this gets to a new level of crazy, take a listen to this headline. This was published today, February 14, 2023, in none other than the Rolling Stone. I need to give a context to this. General McChrystal used the Rolling Stone in his famous leak that happened when they were held over in Germany when he was going back to the country. And they were held over because of a volcano that had happened, I believe, in Iceland that was now blowing over and shutting down air traffic. They had a holdover in Germany. And with them was a particular reporter. And that reporter happened to be from the Rolling Stone who was? it was claimed later that the things that he was told that should never have been discussed, basically saying that Obama was failing at the war, which he was, and he was trying to set up generals like General McChrystal to take the fall for the failure, things like that. That was pretty much a staged event by McChrystal and his team. They were, they were very media-wise, and they were very media-wise to know what magazine to use to reach that key pocket of youthful voters that were supporting Obama to try to get the truth to kind of what we would call today the independents. And those are constituting a a later age, older age, Gen Z, and then, of course, the millennial crowd. Rolling Stone was the target vehicle that they used with a reporter that they had in tow that they accidentally, quote, leaked stuff at the bar that he eventually wrote the story on that ended up getting General McChrystal fired. All right. So it is, it is worthy of noting that and it's understanding its demographics for this headline to come out today. And here it is. This is an exclusive done by Oswein, I can't even say his name, Susang Pete, <laughs> and Patriot Rice. I don't even know what the first guy is. I don't even know what origin that sounds like Indian or something. Okay, but here's the headline. Trump plans to bring back firing squads, group executions, If he retakes the White House, the former president wants to expand the use of death penalty and expand the federal government's options for carrying out death sentences. And they go on to talk about Trump's desire, apparently, that they claim that he was talking insider about using these things. Well, I I would just say this. If you are a deep state person and you read this headline, I would be squirming because it won't have to be Trump. We're happy to volunteer. We're happy to take every one of you and put you between put you on a death penalty row and we don't need federal government. We'll use we, the people government. But I just, this is one of these things that you have to ask yourself real carefully why these actually come up. And when you start to see headlines like this, for example, in another event today, CNN has effectively turned on Biden. So these are, these are not insignificant because all of these events that are happening are starting to shake up the, very rigid thinking, you know who I'm talking about, woke crazies. Now, the reason I bring these this all these up is because no matter what CNN is covering, it's affecting their audience. So, they this last week, they started covering UFOs. Now, before then, UFOs were literally just led to these crazy trumper conspiracy theorists tin hatter Right-wing fringe. Now UFOs are mainstream in the conversation at CNN. Can you imagine being a welkster and now having to process that UFOs apparently are real? They're not. But anyway, but take a listen to this piece that came out from CNN, and this is covered by Dan Bongino today. Good piece.
1: CNN reluctantly is forced to acknowledge now in order to save the Democrat Party from Biden that biden's probably a foreign agent check this out
2: despite his denials a cnn review of the laptop data as well as other public material shows that joe biden did interact with some of his son's associates while serving as vice president though it's unclear exactly what was discussed one example the republican site miguel aleman magnani a mexican businessman and son of the former president who Hunter was trying to woo. In 2014, Aleman Magnani and his dad were photographed at the White House with then-Vice President Biden. In a later email, Hunter Biden reminds Alemani Magnani of the favors he's done for him. We have been talking about business deals and partnerships for seven years. I have brought every single person you have ever asked me to bring to the effing White House and the Vice President's House and the inauguration. Hunter Biden bluntly acknowledged the power of the Biden name in a memoir, writing that the Ukrainian energy company Burisma, which put him on its board, considered my last name gold.
0: I don't think that there's a lot of things that would have happened in my life that uh, that if my last name wasn't Biden. No, I agree. Not a lot would have happened in your life. if Your last name wasn't Biden. Probably wouldn't have had a problem with crack either. (laughs) Go get him, Dan. That's pretty awesome. Keep your prayers up for Dan Bongino. He is looking really thin these days. And I, I just say that Dan is a good person. He made a bad choice when he took the Vax. But keep your prayers up for him. Uh, he's already dealt with a bout of cancer. He's got this Vax in him. And you know maybe he's just working out harder, and that's cool. But he's looking pretty gaunt and not in a healthy way. So just please keep your prayers up for Dan Bongino. He's been a big part of this Patriot movement, and we don't need him out of play. I will tell you that right now. We don't have that many voices that are at least giving some level truth and not going crazy off the deep end. So as we move forward here and kind of looking at the craziness that's going on, I want to frame some things here tonight because there's a lot of chatter right now of people, I think, not developing a good lens on the direction ahead. There's no doubt that we are in a very tenuous point. We have a federal government that, by all accounts, is literally creating the event uh, in East Palestine, Ohio. It looks like they're the ones that detonated the rail cars. They're encouraging people to come back. The water is increasingly reports coming out that animals are getting sick. People are getting sick. House values have dropped to zero. No surprise. It's in a farming area. And, of course, you've got a pretty good handle or pretty good interest from China and Bill Gates up there as they try to force people off the land, which they will. This is, this is a pretty sick way this war is being fought, and we're in the middle of it. And we have to be very clear of where our enemy is, because if we're not, we're going to end up in a very vicious and horrible cycle. Americans need to work very hard right now at coming together. They have used every tool in their playbook, and they have a lot of them. And they've used every tool in the playbook to divide us, and it's really disturbing. Especially when you start to do, you start to look at situations, and there have been some good pieces lately of capturing these explosive divisions of hatred between race, between people just in still frames. And I'm happy to be one who when you, especially when you get good black and white still frames, there's an amazing amount of emotion that you can capture in those moments that really reveal just how ridiculous we are being. We as the American public. Look, I don't get along with everybody and that's understandable. But as Americans, we have a common enemy right now. You know, the other night I spoke and I spoke very clearly about it. I cannot stand the way that the Q movement those that follow Q are being abused by politicians. I don't agree with the focus that they have on Q over God. I don't agree with that. I don't agree on the idea of trust the plan and wait for something to happen. We are, we are very different on those views, and I will call them out for that. But when it comes to abusing them, using them to mobilize funds, using them for political gain, and then turning around and stabbing them in the back, that's, that's dirtbaggery, man, right at the highest level. We are seeing that happen within their ranks. We're seeing that happen across the spectrum. And right now, even though we have fought so hard for certain things, we are starting to see a pretty amazing awakening. People that have taken the shot now are waking up to say, and it, realize what they've done and now having to realize that they better get educated and they're moving fast. We have a lot of people that are awakening and they don't really know how to process it. That's expected. That's our job to step in and to help them. We have to be working as hard as we can right now to build bridges because these insane, insane psychopaths want us divided so they can continue to conquer us. And they're moving pretty quickly. Whatever their reasons and motives and the end game is, we pretty much know that they, they don't like us. They they want to destroy white America. They want to destroy white Christian America and that they've targeted specifically a segments of the black and Latino population because these people have been brainwashed into believing that the welfare state, the socialist welfare state, is going to be for their gain. It's sad. As a side note on this, and I'm just going to speak bluntly as I speak here tonight, if you're a black American, this is what I'm going to tell you. You're an American first. But the problem is that we have created a a situation in our nation that we cannot speak out against black American behavior because it gets tagged as racist. So for black America, clean up your damn house. You all are involved in too much violence right now that's being documented all over the web and don't go in denial about it. Your violence is targeted specifically to white and to, and to elderly and to vulnerable people. And it may not be you, but it is your black culture that's doing it. So fix it. Because we don't have time to play games right now. And it is a responsibility for us as Americans to police ourselves. And since we can't police black culture, thanks to a very effective propaganda campaign, black culture, it's on you. So clean it up. You have your ways of dealing with stuff, deal with it. If you don't like whites, that's cool. I don't care. But I'll tell you what, I will stand side by side by anybody of any race, any color, any religion to fight this damn evil, period, as long as we understand what we're trying to do. So it's time that we start getting our stuff together as Americans and start getting unity together and stop with this ridiculous division that isn't being created by us. It's that we are accepting the narrative division imposed by them. So with all that said, I want to play a scenario here of a future peace vision of America. And this future vision of America is very dark. I'm just going to pre-warn you. This is a, something that comes from a a website from Anthony Hudson, who is running as an independent for president in 2024. And he's painted a very heavy and dark picture here, which I think he's on point. If we don't get our stuff together, what the potential is that we're heading into And I need you to let this resonate here with you as you hear this, because as we charge forward and we're all about, like, oh, we're going to, you know, we'll just start dividing up this country, which we may end up having to. If we don't identify the enemy, which is our government, and keep our focus on that, we're all going to be suffering as a result. Take a listen to this. This is about three minutes. The fall of America. I watched it unfold nearly
1: 15 years ago the event that started it all. After the siege of the capital, the division became more severe. It was really just a lot of complaining and arguing, so we thought it would all fade away. But it never did. Things got really bad in June of 2023, starting in California. People were starving and dying. The three-year plague had wrecked havoc on the population. In such a trial, the state's governor commissioned the National Guard to seize all farms for emergency use. Food would be equally distributed to the population. With this bold move came a major change to the state's government. California would be the first state to adopt democratic socialism. Millions took to the streets to protest. Peaceful petitioning soon turned violent. They marched upon the capital in Sacramento and then burned it to the ground. Things escalated from there the governor ordered the National Guard to fire upon the mob. Thousands would die that day. Three days later, the state ordered the seizure of all firearms. To resist would be certain death. Millions would flee that year as refugees, myself included. Fearing similar rebellion, New York, Illinois, and Washington State immediately ordered the seizure of all firearms. Fearing death by firing squad, Hundreds of thousands would flee to other states. In December of 2024, the president was given emergency powers to reform the government. The judicial branch was purged from existence, and the executive and legislative branches became one. The Reformed Republic of the United States, or RUSA, would next order the national seizure of all firearms. They would promise a redistribution of wealth and sustenance to all who were impoverished along with that order. That was the day Texas succeeded from the Union. They would close all borders. Oklahoma, Arkansas, and Louisiana would join to become the Union of Texas. Over the next two years, Utah and New Mexico would also assimilate into the Union. And this is when things got really bad. Fearing the loss of Colorado, a key state between Utah and Texas mainland, Russo would send 10,000 troops to Denver. They were met with force by the Texas Army. A bloody battle ensued and thousands lost their lives. Both sides refused to relent and thousands more were sent to their graves. With the eyes of the world watching the new civil war, other states fell into chaos. There were mobs and murders and skirmishes. Brothers fought against brothers and parents against children. We walked from Palm Springs to Las Vegas that year. When we got there, the city was in chaos. I watched Vegas burn to the ground. We again became refugees as lawlessness spread. We walked hundreds of miles to Phoenix, just to be turned away at gunpoint. We thought to head east to El Paso, but learned that any who came from California would be shot on sight. So we made our way to Salt Lake City. War had not yet reached this part of the Union, and we enjoyed peace for a year. But that was soon taken away when China reached the shores of California. Two hundred and fifty thousand troops marched upon the Golden Coast. California was lost, and then Oregon and Washington shortly thereafter. The force was so overwhelming that Russia made a treaty with China and surrendered those states to the invaders. The next wave of events happened in Europe. Russia made its way down into Poland, Germany and France. Those countries yielded without a fight. The United Kingdom and India joined forces to stop this new red army, but eventually they were conquered too. Russia was just too powerful. Six months later, the Red Army reached the eastern seaboard of North America. New York, Massachusetts, and Maine were taken in a single day. The Rusa quickly withdrew their troops from Colorado to fortify the East. And here we are today, in 2036. The land is one continual round of carnage and bloodshed. Some people talk of peace and progress. That perhaps we might form a new world order. That out of the ashes, something amazing will grow. But I don't think so. We destroyed the best thing the world had ever seen. And peace cannot be obtained through war. Unity cannot come through division.
0: And war and division are all we have. And it shouldn't be. We should be having unity and strength against the one problem, which is our government. And Too many people are having a hard time understanding that our government has become an active tyranny against its own people. But that's the real enemy. It's the enemy that's waging war against us. It's the enemy that uses the modified smith Munt modernization, that act that was allowing propaganda to be used to be able to wage war on American citizens with propaganda. It's using State Department tools, which is another front for the CIA, if you didn't know, to, again, monitor people, influence people, and to wage war. They use corporate entities. They use cutouts. They use nonprofits and in the end it's not that many people but what the real truth of this is is that there is a war being waged on the american public and unfortunately until we stand boldly and say no there's not going to be anybody else there to help i'm pretty much convinced that the war that we're witnessing right now is also going being waged at corporate levels that we can't necessarily see the most obvious indication is the oil industry they're not in bed with this administration matter of fact they're anything but pro Biden but they also don't care whether they produce oil for America or not that's up to Americans and I can tell you that firsthand from being down in Houston working as a consultant if Americans want to go green the oil industry is gonna let people go green and suffer the consequences because they know something and that is that you can't have green without oil there is nothing to replace oil at this point in time as much as the green weenies want to think that's true they're blowing smoke up somebody's butt. The fact is that oil has been suspiciously quiet during this entire time. They have not been screaming bloody murder. They didn't scream loudly when they t- when they were told there would be no more bank loans given to oil industry that didn't support a green agenda or COVID requirements. And yet, quietly, it was the oil industry that was planning way ahead of everybody else for replacement strategies as a consequence of people taking the injection. They've known what was going on. There is a war being waged here in a corporate level, quietly, silently in the areas of boardrooms and CEOs and, and stock holdings. But what changes that direction is the will of the people. The oil industry can't fight the neur- neurosis of a green deal and the craziness of people wanting electric cars. So if you're gonna be the oil industry, cap the wells, save the resources for later, and let the people suffer the consequences of their choice. That's a lot of what we're experiencing right now. And many people are waking up. But still within all of this, there is deep-seated hatred. We have realized how deep the pedophile and pervert population has moved into our lives. They've settled into schools. They've become defenders and lawyers in law. They've been our politicians. And just the whole idea of bread and circus in this culture, of being distracted because things are getting a little heavy, so they want to be distracted by big events like the Super Bowl. I hear of a lot of people saying things, well, yeah, but the Super Bowl's American. I don't care if it's American, Russian, Japanese. It's a Luciferian It's a Luciferian ritual, and it's what it's done every year. It's time that we wake up, and it's time as Americans start taking responsibility for the actions we take. 121 million people watched that of event, the cheapest ticket being $3,500. And I guarantee you, because money's always at the core of all evil, people that bought those tickets aren't going to tell you it was bad. They're going to tell you it was great because they have to justify spending that amount of money on a ridiculous ticket, plus jerseys, plus whatever else they buy. Football and sports have become the cult that have kept Americans locked out of reality. And it's the one thing that you can guarantee that keeps them away from God. But as a nation... We have to find a way to start coming together because these people aren't playing, and they are using division and hatred amongst us in the people's heads. The war is being waged on your mind, and as they wage the war on our minds and they're trying to keep us separated, they keep moving forward to accomplish their goals. In a really big surprise, and I mean this, and I've listened to I saw his, one of his last concerts with, the whole, with his band at that time, is Sting. Look, Sting is can be a lot of things, and he's been over the pretty much kind of over the map in terms of liberalism or whatever else. But Sting sees through this and stopped his concert in Warsaw to tell people that the war in Ukraine is an absolute sham. In our minds and in our bodies, the war in the Ukraine is an absurdity based upon a lie. War in Ukraine is absurd. Na if we swallow that lie, the lie will eat us. Jeśli przełkniemy to kłamstwo, ono nas zje. The lie is terrified of the truth. Ale kłamstwo panicznie boi się prawdy. The truth must be heard. Prawda musi zostać usłyszana, and we must not.
2: This battle.
0: Too many people are quick to condemn Sting simply because he's a liberal. liberal. At some points, he's probably even qualified officially as a libtard. But the problem is with this is that what we're missing is that there is an awakening happening. These voices are resonating in audiences that wouldn't hear it otherwise. And we need to encourage it. Just like CNN talking about UFOs. No, the UFOs aren't real. But it's shattering myths that exist within the leftist group. Within the woke area where anytime you mention UFOs, they immediately point the finger over at those ridiculous, retarded Trump supporters. Suddenly, their own news source is telling them that UFOs are real. Or at least real enough to report. These are the sorts of things that break the cult programming. And this is what isn't appreciated enough. This is not about liberal and and conservative. This is about a cult that has taken hold of the world. And under that cult, there's a number of pieces. There's Republicans and there's Democrats. The cult controls people. It puts both ends to the middle. By deception, we wage war, the Mossad motto, the old one. And by doing this, they keep people constantly at odds. Then you provide things like bread and circuses. And you keep people entertained and they stop to think and all they, they stop thinking in general. And all they want to do is be part of an event that gives them emotion and excitement and makes them feel good. Hoping for a team, praying to God that their team will win, praying to God that their team will win so they can win their money that they put down on them. All the time, not even able to face the idea that every game they face is rigged. We as a nation are better than this. And this nation has amazing people that are much better than this. There's a time to celebrate, this is not it. There's a time to, to maybe go to the games and, and lose your mind for a bit. Okay, but that's not now. We're at a very critical point of this war and this war is coming down hard on people and it's being called and God is calling his people to the line. I've shared with you again and again, every single day I'm talking to somebody, somebody else is standing up to be part of something bigger. And right now something really, really big is happening in this country. It's happening at Asbury University. It's happening spontaneously. It's been going on now for days. And what is it? It's a revival. Students have been there 24 7, and they are bringing God to life. Take a listen. Patriots, this is profound what's going on there because it was just spontaneous and it's happened. And I've talked to so many people and had messages from people that they're traveling across country to join into this. Whatever this is, it's just another part of the bigger awakening that's happening in the love of God. And part of that is we have to put aside difference. We have to start building those bridges. And it's not easy because there is an evil and I don't ever want that missed. There is an evil. And that evil needs to be dealt with ruthlessly. But we have to start looking at our neighbor differently and trying to build the bridge there. And it's not easy, but we, that is our duty. This is part of our responsibility in this time that we live. This is how we will get through this war and we are going to have differences, but we have to find a way through those differences to make impact on people's lives, to bring our focus to what is really important. And what's important right now, what's important is what we're facing. We have a challenged military that it took an oath. And so many of those military members could not stand up to an illegal order. 120,000 of them did. They're truly heroes in this war. But that also goes along with all the other heroes out here that stood the line, that 19% of the public that didn't take the vax, that endured one of the most vicious psychological war campaigns ever waged on humanity. It's great to have that title, but now we have to use that to start bringing the others together because we're not divided, really. They are. And that's the sad part about it is they have bought into the lie and we have to do everything we can walking in that love of Christ to start bringing healing to these differences. This is how we bridge. And it's time that we do bridge. So tonight I want to close with a very, very powerful piece and it comes from an unexpected source. This guy's name is Buddy Brown. He's on YouTube. I follow him. He's got some good perspectives. He's just down home country boy play some good music too. But he tells a story of 25 seconds, the importance of 25 seconds. And this is a story I want you to hear because it's really something we have to remember how important every moment we have is with each other.
3: I used to have a FedEx guy who was on my route, changed my life. It's a FedEx man who, uh, only spent about 25 seconds, uh, with nearly every single house what could you possibly do in 25 seconds to help anyone right I mean that's just cruise control conversation Uh, that's throwaway time I used to think that bullcrap I've learned it's more valuable than a whole lot of the 15-minute 20-minute conversations that I have with people his name was Robert and he used to deliver packages to our house and you know He'd come and, and it would be the most genuine, most infectious smile, most infectious laugh you ever seen in your entire life. How's the family? How are the boys? They still fishing? You know, when my son would catch a big bass, he'd come over there and look at it and crow over it like a, like a proud daddy. When my other son, my younger son, would be playing basketball out there, he'd always grab the ball and take one big three-point shot, <laughs> make it or not, he usually made it, and run back to his truck, get back to work. He was infectious. He was one of the biggest lights I ever known in this whole world. You know, we started looking forward to him pulling in, and my boys would go outside just to talk with Robert, a guy that they would see for 25 seconds. They would literally go. Out. My boys wouldn't go outside to meet uh, a famous actor <laughs> or a famous musician. They don't care. They're gonna be sitting on the couch, but they go outside for Robert. On paper, we couldn't have been more different. He was a black guy tatted up from his head to his toes dreadlocks and here i am in my my camo shirt my cowboy boots my ball cap none of that stuff mattered he made every second count and that's what i remember about him robert was shot and killed around 10 p.m or so in a rough neighborhood back in august of last year just downtown sitting in his truck He left behind a wife and seven kids, and he was the exact same age as me. The reason I'm telling y'all this is maybe you got a job that you spend 25 seconds with people all day long. You think it don't matter. I cried the day Robert got killed. Last time I cried was when my granddaddy died back in 1999, which was about 24 years ago. He mattered that much to me. So we're gonna take that 25 seconds or we're just gonna throw it away? Yeah, I know, I'm totally aware that, you know, not everybody in those 25 seconds wants to receive love. I get that, but most people are desperate for it. In Matthew 24, 12, Jesus was talking about the last days and he said, because of the increased wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. I'm not gonna let that happen to me. Y'all know the words to the famous Alabama song, I'm in a hurry and don't know why. I rush and rush until life's no fun. All I really gotta do is live and die, but I'm in a hurry and don't know why. Ask about their family. Ask about their kids. Robert delivered packages and spent 25 seconds with us at a time, and yet I'm still sitting here talking about him, long after he's gone. I hope this video makes you think about the way you spend 25 seconds with people for the rest of your lives. God bless you.
1: Be good.
0: You gotta remember the 25 seconds count, man. Every moment we have with one another counts in a big way. And God gives us those moments not to forget. Right now we have a nation that needs love. We need a nation that needs healing. We have a nation that needs Jesus in a big way. And God's calling it from the revivals that are happening all across this nation to the revivals that'll happen all through this summer. This is a big year. And God is calling many, many up to bring together people from all walks of life. The church is being revived, and he's not focusing on the temple. He's focusing within the hearts of his people that will listen. And it's happening. And it's happening powerfully across this nation. And it's happening powerfully across this world. But we're going to be that light that's going to lead the world. And in spite of all this craziness that we keep going and looking at, the insanity of shooting down balloons with heat seeking missiles, this nonsense that they're of trying to blow up train cars, to poison people's water, to force them off the land, this silliness of, of the rules of transgenders over normal people, or the the insidiousness of trying to destroy God's children. The one thing that they can't stop and they know is our love in Christ. And it's through that love in Christ that we overcome all. Right now, this country needs more Jesus than ever before, and it's ripe to receive it. So embrace the call. Answer the call. Embrace everybody you can. A simple, have a blessed day can go a long ways. If you're going to get gas and someone's going to fill your rigs, step out and just have a conversation with them. Take some time to listen to their story because that little story may change their life and it may change yours. If you've got something on your heart that needs to be said, send it. Give it because this is time that we need to hear those words. And God's talking to a lot of people. I've seen comments in the past that are disturbing when people say something. It's like, yeah, I can't listen to him because he's not a Christian. Do you really think that God's going to be that exclusive to talk to only those that have such a righteous attitude that they're the only ones he'll speak to because you've accepted Christ? Read the Bible. That doesn't work that way. He's speaking to everybody. Because he wants his children home, and he wants as many people as possible. And he knows that those that walk with Christ are the ones that can lead others to Christ. That's us. So be strong. Be bold in this time. Take time to consider what we're about ready to lose. We're not going to win this war by fighting bullet with bullet. It may come down to something like that at some point. If it does, we'll deal with it. But at the same time right now, we need unity. We need unity greater than this beast that we're trying to fight because this beast understands division really well and unfortunately, we've accepted their lies. We have to reject it, come together, find time to sing, find time to pray, find time to love, find time to respect one another. Patriots, let's pray. Father God, we're here now in a time when there is so much division in our nation, and yet there is also so much awakening to the love in Christ and the love in you. Father, we just pray tonight that on the hearts of the many, we'll settle in that inspiration, that that joy, that energy, to step out and to talk Jesus, to speak Jesus, and to literally bring that love of Christ into the lives of the many, many who have never experienced or had anybody reintroduce them in a way that makes sense or a way that's passionate and loving, that brings to life the living God, not just a scriptural God. Father, we need that inspiration right now to settle in on the hearts of the many. We need that energy and that courage, that strength and wisdom that you can give and only you can give. And so we pray for that for everybody that's listening tonight. Everybody that hears this message just to feel that joy and that love, that intensity of Christ in their life and to share it to take the word into the world. Take time to stop and listen to somebody. Take time and stop to say hello to somebody. Take time to give somebody a smile. Take time just to tell somebody I love you because Jesus loves you. And if we do that, Father, we will change this world and faster than we can possibly imagine. Thank you, Father. Thank you for what you've given, Jesus. Thank you for what you've sacrificed for us. Let us never forget. And we say these things in Christ's holy name. Amen. This is a time, more than ever, to cast aside so much of the craziness, all the prejudgment that's been seated in our minds. I've made friends with a pastor up in Portland, and I'm hoping to have him on the show soon. When, he, when they had the Antifa riots, what did he do? He went down to Antifa and ministered to him. This is what I'm talking about. There's a young man that a video popped up the other day that he couldn't have been more than 17 years old, maybe 16. He walked with a cane. He'd done something to his leg. He walked into a mall, into a food court, and he sat there in the middle of the food court, and he just screamed out from the top of his lung, Jesus loves you. And he went on to talk Jesus, just out of nowhere. The whole food court got quiet and started cheering. And when he finished, a man came up to him and gave him a hug. This is the revival we're talking about. It's happening in in explosions all over this nation, like brush fires. Be part of it. We all need to be part of it. That's what Bards Fest is going to be about this year is feeding that brush fire. But that's what we're about each and every day, not just the festivals, but it's our walk in life that brings that to life. It's time. This enemy is not going to win. They've exhausted almost everything they have, and we can look at them and, and just shake our heads at how foolish they are and how great they think they are. But what we can't let them do is see the division and the hatred between us that leads ultimately to civil war. Because no one wins then. All we're left with, is just scars and blood. Understand who our enemy is. Build the map, as God put on my heart well over a month and a half ago. Build the map. And the map of enemies is not primarily is not us for the most part. There's a few. The map is them. And the map is not many, but it's enough to constantly cause problems and agitation. And once we're clear where that enemy is, Those bridges that we have to build also become clear and how important it is to build them right now, to build unity among ourselves. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy